I'm Tam. And I'm eternally mortal. And this is the Hidden Egg Podcast. Where we talk about vulnerability. And stuff and things. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to episode seven or eight, probably. Um, episode. Episode seven or eight. <laughs> um, uh, we're glad you're back. I hope you're enjoying season three, um, where we just kind of talk about our lives and what's going on. Um, I think... Uh, the idea I had for this time, should I just jump right into it, or did you want to I'd do some right sort of cold yeah. open? Okay. Um, what I was thinking about talking about for a portion of today's episode was uh, trying to find mental health care in this country. What do you think? I think I think that's a good episode right there. Yeah. Um, as many things with human culture, I'm talking about this because I was recently affected by the search for a therapist, just general therapist. Um, is what I'm kind of looking for and it's been it's been difficult but I will certainly admit that it a, a lot of the difficulty that I'm having is due to my own anxiety and <laughs> dealing yeah, with Yeah, but that's mental health. I know. <laughs> it's it's like saying that you can't get help because you're having a seizure. Right. <laughs> too busy having the seizure. You're too busy having the seizure to get the help, right? Um so, or maybe it maybe it's more akin because that's an acute thing. Maybe it's more akin to like you can't get a doctor because you can't talk over the phone. Before they had the you know ability to like let people that I, I don't know what it's called TTY TTS T well text to speech. Uh, the one that was like the '90s where you could type yeah. on a phone. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. T-Y-T-S? I don't, I don't remember. Know. It was something. But before they had that... My mom had one. Like, people who couldn't speak could not get on the phone to call a doctor. So they had to have somebody else do it for them. Right. And God forbid they lived alone because then they'd never get any help. So mm. they were, like, just shut... They were just shut shut in... I don't know what word I'm going Shunted for. off to the side. Shunted. There you go. Shunted off to the side. I don't know why I couldn't... Think well, of the okay. word. It's a. It's not a word used in everyday <clears throat> speech. And yeah, it, it's. It. It kind of seems like that is happening with mental health today. Kind of. It. What I'm. What I'm picking up is that society is moving towards normalizing <clears throat> mental health, at least in this country. I can only speak for the experiences that I have, um, and I don't live in any any other country. Right. Um, and I live in a specific portion of this country, <laughs> to be honest, right. as yeah. we all do. This is going great. I love this. This is amazing. <laughs> so I can only speak to my own personal experience. But what I see is that uh, our society is starting to normalize mental health. A lot of uh, Generation Z, I've noticed, is aware of mental health. It's aware of neurodivergency and autism. Some might say too much. But at least being aware of mental health is a lot is doing a lot better than fucking Gen X was doing. If we're being honest. Um, so in going towards uh, mental health, we're having the hiccups that capitalism always brings with fucking everything. And people are taking advantage and trying to amass their own wealth or power through something that is growing, which happens every time. So what that means to me is that the future is bright, but now is kind of a a a cesspool with possibilities. 
Like, you have to wade through the swamp, but there are amazing things in that swamp if you find them. Yeah, but let's 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 reiterate, we're talking about mental health. Right. You don't really want to think about the beginning of that journey as wading through a cesspool. No, it would, it would be nice if we didn't have to do that. Mental health, or any health, should not be synonymous with spelunking for treasure. I agree. But when you look at the history of the, the world, like we are just coming to the first times of mental health being something that could be readily available to everybody. There's, there's now, You don't have to defend it. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm proud of us for getting here because we didn't necessarily fair. have to get here. That's fair. Growing up, I do remember very vividly my entire family just had this like idea against mental health services like... Well, if you have to go to therapy, then there must be something really fucked up about you. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not to bring. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring up a, a comedian's bit, but Kyle Kinane has a great bit, uh, probably like 10, 15 years ago now, about how you know when he was growing up, it was like your aunt Marie is in therapy, and so you know she had that thing with that bullfighter. So don't like flap your napkin too much. <laughs> you know, just ridiculous right. ideas about what it meant to be in therapy, and right. so. When he moved to, like, the West Coast and people were, like, casually, like, oh, I'm going to my therapist tomorrow. He's like, you're not supposed to say shit like that. They're going to take away the knives now. Right. You know? Because he just didn't know. <laughs> and They're going to take away the knives now. <laughs> right. So, and I'm I'm butchering it. Go listen to the real, go listen to the original <laughs> bit from Kyle Kinane. He's great. Um, Honestly, I think it's so weird because, like, I do remember my family kind of being like that. But I... And then I like I changed somewhere along the line because I, I believed that too. You know, you, you you're a product of your environment, so right. the beliefs your family have, you tend to have. And I'm like, I don't really feel that way. And when I think about it, it's because um, my friend, who long you, yeah, the, the one mm -hmm. down south, um, she went in in and out of therapy. Like she was in and out of mental wards. Like she was very mentally ill. And my family always treated her, they called her the needy child. They always mm -hmm. treated her like there was something wrong with her and like she was a terrible person that I shouldn't have even been hanging around. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing her such a service <laughs> for even talking to her. And I'm like, like she was, she was a close friend for many, many years. And I didn't feel that way about her. I, I didn't think that she was a terrible person. I didn't think that she was needy. I thought that she was ill. She needed help, and I didn't know how to help her, but I felt like somebody should. Do you know how to treat her like a human? Right. Yeah. That was it. Exactly. And that was above and beyond at the time. At the time, right. And it's still kind of above and beyond. It depends In on where you go. Circles. There's a lot of circles right now that mental health is a, is a very important part of, and like those circles can't even imagine other circles that shit on mental health continuously to this day yeah, mainly I, white supremacist circles i personally believe be that we should be we should be born like when you're born you're like automatically supposed to have a, a primary care physician within like certain amount of days assigned to that baby mm -hmm. i feel like that should also be true for mental health right absolutely or at least the mental health should be a part of that process yeah. The, the primary care physician should already have contacts within mental health to be able right. to immediately refer you to mental and health. Maybe they do, but I feel like, I feel like it's not enough. Like it's, I think, okay. Part of me feels like parents have too much say over whether or not a child gets mental health. 
Uh-huh. And that's kind of my point with like, if the parents don't get to have a say on whether or not the child has an actual doctor, regardless of what the doctor, you know, how the doctor goes about treating things, there's like anti-medicine doctors that you can right. put sure. as your Right, Christian scientists, yeah. <laughs> but there's no rules or regulations about even considering mental health, even the woo-woo kind. So, like, I feel like it's a wild west as far as mental health is concerned, because even our most vulnerable children don't have any representation for mental health being a part of their lives. Absolutely. And it's I I think it's I think it's necessary. I really do start. I'm starting to think that it's kind of necessary. Like everybody, I think, should have a therapist they can talk to once, twice, four times a month to be able to just have someone that you can talk to without expectation or judgment i feel like it also kind of teaches you a little bit about how to how to how to use your brain yeah not not like how to be smart about it but like how your brain actually works right it's learning about it's self-reflection it's learning about yourself right and a lot of people are afraid to learn about themselves although they they mask that with anger towards anybody that starts to poke at who they are right i notice that all the time because i am poking at myself constantly and when i (laughs) poke at myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to people that don't know me super well but know me a little bit then they immediately get self-conscious like i'm going to start poking at them or that they are supposed to start poking at themselves and like i get it it can be uncomfortable sometimes and we're all triggered by various things is that why i'm so off-putting well i mean it has to contributed some <laughs> to some of the let's say spicier conversations you've been a part of so people think is is, is that really a thing that people think that when I think about myself and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and I'm poking and prodding myself, they actually think that I'm going to just suddenly just decide I'm going to poke and prod them. Well, to be fair, when you were younger, you did do a lot I of poking did. and prodding at others. <laughs> but yes. But when I think about it, like, not the people that used to know me because they, you know, they could just be traumatized by the past. But, <laughs> but new people, like, mm-hmm. how narcissistic do you have to be to think that I'm going to put the same level of attention and detail and energy into you I, that I put into myself? I feel like narcissistic is a little extreme Come in that on, though. situation like, because really think about what it, it, what it, what it is, it's a level of narcissism certainly. But what it really is is competition. It's the, it's the constant idea of competition that white America. Has. I don't know if it's in the other aspects of America. I just know that if you go to, you know, a predominantly white high school in the Midwest, then competition is going to be on the mind of everybody in that school. Maybe not like four of them. And so when you are introspective about yourself, then other people will naturally think about whether or not they are being introspective and whether or not you're doing better than them and whether or not they should be threatened by that. And it's mostly subconscious, I believe, that process. But it's the way that I see responses happen. Hmm. We're a little off topic. Yeah, we, we kind of <laughs> we kind of followed a vein. Let's let's reel it back in. Where were we? Well, we're gonna just kind of the main. We'll line? take we'll, we're gonna take the main uh, the sharp left turn back into what I was talking about, which was the you know the search for mental health in the country. Right, right, right. But like, I'm gonna speak from my personal experience and what I've been going through recently. Yeah. Um. Because I have, and I'm, I know that, I'm pretty sure that I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I I have a, a bit of a problem with um, searching for help for myself. 
um, giving to myself in a positive way is very, very difficult for me in a way that it, I don't I don't know quite how to explain to where it makes sense to everybody. It kind of comes out differently every time I explain it. So it's, it's weird to try and explain. But so I made a rule that I needed to provide for the mental health of my family here at the house before I was allowed to even consider mental health for myself. Right. And that kept me from finding mental health for anybody for months because I just struggled. Yeah. yeah, because you're struggling. With making the effort to go forward. And you haven't you haven't done it for you. And so, like, you have less spoons to do it for other people because you're not even... You're, you're not affixing your own mask. Oxygen a, mask. Thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And B, because me getting help for myself was the end of that path, the entire path became untreadable for me because I was afraid to help myself to begin with. So mm. if my reward for doing something is something that I'm afraid of, then I'm not going to do yeah, the what's thing. What's the incentive to do it? Yeah. yeah. So I learned something about myself that seems pretty obvious. Maybe I should have already known, you but know, it's still I, nice to learn. I find a lot of the things that I learn about myself seem like they should have been obvious. Yeah. The things, doing the thing. So, um, so I struggled for months and we have a health advocate. I think that that term is probably becoming, um, uh, a common enough term that people know what we're talking about when I say health advocate, but yeah, apparently the, um, people who have government insurance, yeah, the government insurance stuff, they tend to have a health advocate. So at the very least, if you don't have a health advocate, maybe that means you're rich enough to not need one. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like the I feel like wealthier insurances have that too. So it's most of them do. I mean, and our insurance, <clears throat> the insurance that I get through my work, uh, has a health advocate as well. They seem to struggle with mental health, um, finding mental health people. We went they for them. They weren't great at dentists either. We went through them uh, about four to six times to get names. You get two names each time you ask them, and uh, the names that we got were not always within the boundaries that we were requesting. And so I went back to my old method from years ago where I would just go to my insurance, go to find me a provider within my insurance and say mental health, and then just get the list. <clears throat> and so I got uh, 108 lines of data. I would say names, but there were not 108 names in those 108 lines of data. There were 66 names in those lines of data. Some of those were businesses. And within those lines of data, there were 36 ad, uh, phone numbers and 33 addresses. Why do you need to remember all of these numbers? I'm just a numbers guy. Um, <laughs> so the point is that when I compiled that data, when I looked through it, uh, I found that there were about three or four facilities in our area that have a number of therapists and uh, psychologists and psychiatrists working for them and there were and, some that were and about like a dozen about a dozen to 18 individuals right and that's just based on the parameters of my search i'm sure if i had parametered it otherwise i would have gotten different names possibly the health advocate has any any of those like search that's they do they do exactly what i do they do exactly what i do okay well see here's the thing like I don't know what they're doing for those two days that it takes them to come back to me with two numbers, but the, the, I just want to say the dentist thing I had to have them do twice and only one out of the four didn't have an appointment 
in April or later. Right. Finding available appointments soon. Both was times when them. I called, I was like, I want an appointment within the next month or two. I'm I'm having like I had active difficulties with my teeth and I'm like, I don't have a current dentist. I need one, but like this is what I'm doing to get one. So and two of them were in April, one was in May, one was like the it said um maybe in January. And I was like, Okay, January is doable. I can Yep figure out how to make it to then. I, Thankfully, the place itself had emergency time slots available. So when I called, they were like, yeah, we can get you in tomorrow. And I'm like, well... I bet if you had called any of those other three places, they would have had the same situation, which means that the health advocate did not ask that question. Right, they're not... Or they're they're asking the wrong question. I don't yeah. know. One, one way or the other, no, they're not really doing their job. So I don't particularly like to like point at individuals and say they're doing bad um, but I do want to say that the I think that the the way that the health advocate for at least our insurance is is being run it's not great I think it could be better and honestly now I now want to work there because <laughs> I think I could do that job so well but I think I could do anything so well when yeah, I think about it in the moment um, so health advocate failed me from my perspective no shade it's difficult to look for a therapist. I know. I did it for years. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, because you you did this stuff before we even knew there was a health advocate. Like five or six years ago. And for for our for Kai. Well, like, they, they've they've said their name and everything and, and linked themselves to us, so so we can we can use that name, right? Well, I don't I don't know that I'm going to honestly. Like I'll probably. I'm, I'm pretty that sure that I asked them and they said that it was okay to use Kai. Okay, well, sure. Um, but yes, uh, I, I for multiple members of our family, I did do a deep dive search and found some pretty decent people that have helped us out in certain regards. Right. Probably not perfect fits, but it's difficult to find therapists. Um, Which is kind of the point. Uh-huh. Uh, this restart of mine happened a couple of weeks ago, and it was off of the back of what I consider to be a pretty bad fail for the therapy community at large in our area. I went to a facility and did a intake exam that took three to four hours. And at the end of it, I was told that- um, You actually talked with somebody too, right? Like you, you I divulged, talked with multiple people and I divulged, divulged a lot. a lot of information. I cried multiple times. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, at the end of it, they, they said that one of the higher-ups of the facility had uh, noticed my information and then they were going to transfer me to a different facility that was a little bit closer to my home address. And the eventual justification that took me weeks to get was because the type of therapy that they were recommending was some sort of a personalized coach that would be more accessible if it was nearby. The sad part was that the facility that they referred me to only takes government insurance and I have private insurance through my employer, which means that the either the two facilities are not communicating super well or they completely misread my information. But it doesn't matter whether they misread my information because if the two facilities are not communicating so well, why did they shunt me off? And why can't I get an answer as to why they shunted me off? Maybe they didn't like my information. Maybe they saw that I was depressed and anxious and they were like, well, I don't want to help this guy. 
you know, I actually, I actually would think that like maybe it was like an ex or something of yours. So somebody that, for whatever reason, just didn't like you specifically, personally, from your past. In the in this in the midst of all of this, uh, one of the times I called the second facility that only takes government insurance. I wish I could name them to make it easier, but I'm just not gonna dox anything because yeah, yeah. I'm just uncomfortable with that kind of thing. But. Um, the second facility, in, in the midst of that, I called them for the second or third time for them to again verify that they would not be able to help me. And I told them that it seemed like maybe I didn't deserve to get mental help. Wait, what? I was talking to one of the ladies for the second facility, and I said out loud to her, oh, yeah, that's right. because of how I felt in that moment, because I was completely drowning in hopelessness, that maybe the universe was telling me that I didn't deserve to get mental help. Right. Which was, it's a really, I think that's a really passive aggressive thing to do to somebody. I'm not happy with me doing It's a desperation thing. And like, you know how many people have those thoughts and maybe they don't say them out loud to the people on the other end, but like this kind of scenario where you're trying to get help and you are just unable to get help, it is really easy in a mentally ill state of mind to be like, well, I guess I just don't deserve it. The universe has blocked it off. I'm just not allowed. Right. That is that is literally how I felt in that moment. Okay. I I understand that saying that is still a little problematic, but I'm working on... It yeah. shows that you obviously have a need to talk to a therapist, right? So the lady that I was talking to was like, like shook by hearing that and was immediately put on the kid gloves and was immediately like, oh my God, like... We, uh, we just our facility can't help you. I'm so sorry. I'm. You definitely deserve. You definitely deserve mental help. And that other facility that she named directly, is 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 not good for what they've done to you so far. Like I got all that from. Her. I got empathy from her, and that's great. But that's not a therapist. Yeah, and and it's one thing like it's totally great that you were able to get a person that was empathizing with you and a lot of people don't get that mm. however you weren't looking for a person to empathize with you you were looking at two organizations shunting you yeah mm -hmm. telling we, you we can't no. help you mm -hmm. or we won't help you when when you're looking at them because they end up becoming kind of monolithic in that sense because they're they're groups of people because well, i'm just a little guy looking up at them terrified. so that one one woman on the other line is like a mountain goat on a giant range of mountains right trying to tell you that you know oh well you, you deserve to scale the, a mountain just not this one mm-hmm but then you're like, where where do I go? Where else do I? I'm here. No, she, uh, well, regardless, um, she wanted to help. She really did. But there was just very little help that she could offer that I was yeah, looking for yeah, at the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, to, to wrap no up the story, to wrap up the story with, I'm not going to say a happy ending, but at least a more hopeful current step that we're in. Uh, I did get up the motivation to call one of those dozen or 18 um, individuals a couple of days ago and left a message. And um, her voicemail specifically said that uh, she would be trying to get back to anybody that leaves a message within 48 hours. And if you do not get a response within 48 hours, feel free to call back again. Okay. So. That. So that's I, I feel like that's nice, you know, that that lets me feel like I have a little bit more autonomy in the situation. Yeah. 
So I think that's a wonderful suggestion, and that already gives me a good not just good that, feeling. Not just that, but if if you're if you're somebody like me, that <clears throat> you're like, oh my god, it's been 24 hours and they haven't called me back, and then you get to like hour 48 and you're like, I'm gonna call them. Should I call them? I'm gonna call them. I, but but maybe I'm maybe I'm be, like the anxiety level of of thinking about what it means about you as a person to be calling back, taken care of. Yep. They've already told you do this. Yep. And if, if 48 hours passes and you're too busy to call them back, totally fine. Call, call them back on hour, you know, 72, whatever. Uh, I'm actually probably going to wait until like Monday of next week. So <clears throat> that way, you know, I give it a little bit more than 48 hours. But that just, it gives me the ability to be confident in that decision. And right. I feel great about that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to meeting this therapist. Maybe she'll be a good fit. We'll see. Um, I did also want to real quickly... Um, uh, touch on um, I can't I'm not really sure whether we should touch on like how much our friend recently went through with trying to get a specialized form of mental health care and the insurance not covering it and being out of pocket by an enormous amount for getting the type of help that our friend needed um, and that story ended up resolving well eventually too because that because our friend talked to a uh, somebody within the insurance company that was understanding and right. helped yeah. and that's great and wonderful but but how that's much, not always going to happen how many conversations did she have to have in order for that person to come about like i don't yeah. i don't know i don't know how much she had to go through but i can imagine it yeah. probably wasn't easy yeah we, we know that she went through a lot to get yeah, to that I, point I know we that don't know the number or anything. we don't know the number but we also know that that is not an isolated <clears throat> case that is all no. over that no. is all over that people that insurance doesn't want to pay for what they're supposed to be there for it's like it's like insurance companies and individuals have a completely different idea of what an insurance company is because yeah. we are required in a lot of ways to have insurance and not just because it's the law to have insurance, but also because if something were to happen, we'd be fucked without right. insurance. Yep. Our complete and total livelihood and lives would be over without insurance. But then insurance sees themselves as trying to, what, weed out scammers, I guess? Is that why they don't want to pay stuff? Because, I guess. Because they assume people are trying to take advantage? And it's like, no. People just need help. I'm sure that there's people that are t trying to take advantage. Not, don't get me wrong. Insurance fraud exists as a crime. Sure. Yeah, but most of the time, insurance fraud exists as a way of paying for an actual treatment that somebody actually needs. Well, I, I, I haven't looked at the data. I'm sure that both things exist. Yeah. Absolutely. People have committed insurance fraud to pay for life-saving <clears throat> medications and, and <clears throat> surgeries and stuff. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, but there's also bad actors out there, I'm sure. Like I said before, everybody takes advantage. Or not everybody. There's always going to be, in everything, people that try and take advantage. And it's when a system is kind of old and established that you can have less people taking advantage. And that's not even always true because the corruption and rot happens from the inside, too. Anyway. I just wanted to kind of touch base because that's probably something that people have gone through is trying to get insurance for specific and i also was potentially wanting to know if you would be willing to talk about uh, emdr at all yeah i was actually going to say um do you remember i want to say it was like over two years ago when i first went to see the emdr lady mm. 
there was after the initial visit I, I felt really good about it and I was like well I'll keep her on on hand I don't know if EMDR is what I want to go with right now because I wanted to try to do talk therapy because I felt like felt like there was something invisible underneath that I, I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I wanted to find out what it was first but then after that the insurance code ended up being wrong somehow and then she ended up charging me like a hundred bucks or something mm. for the visit where I was only expecting like 25 for the copay mm-hmm. and we got that worked out but the amount of anxiety that happened as a result of just a just just inputting the code incorrectly and overcharging me and then all that that hullabaloo I I was like I don't know if I ever want to see her again right I remember that I did She's who I'm working with now, but I legitimately was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to come back here. I was just mortified. Just the the level of anxiety that I had about that one thing going wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, especially when it's about anxiety that you're going to the therapist about, like, I feel like all of these dot, you know, I's being dotted and T's being crossed. Like, why are they making it so much more difficult than it needs to be? Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll... One moment, please. And we're back. Momentary family thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thing? Oh, the EMDR thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I did eventually, like, I went through almost two years of regular talk therapy with a different therapist mm-hmm. that I, oddly enough, got through you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I, I, I came to terms with, like, the, the hidden underbelly of all of my anxiety stuff. And was like, well, none of this talking seems to be doing anything. Let's do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to do uh, medication, which did not work out very well. Probably not because of medication as a treatment plan, but because of the specific treatment plan that was given to me and i'm just a little gun shy to try it out again that might become its own episode someday <clears throat> yeah and then and then i i decided well while i was on the xanax i i was like you know this would be a good good place to start emdr from mm. oh, excuse me and so i i started you know getting the ball rolling to do emdr because i don't believe in I don't believe that for me that medication alone is going to help my problems. I feel most people when they're dealing with like anxiety or depression, medication is is a, a facilitator to help, not the end of the line for the treatment. Right. It depends. Some it people, depends. It, it just depends on who you are. Right. Some people it's a door. Some people it's a it's a it's a conveyor belt. I think everybody, regardless of whether it is an end or not. Everybody should at least explore the options available to them outside of medication because it may be that medication, well, all the medications eventually, like, you get dependent on it and then they have to up your dose. And, like, it, it just behooves you to try to find other ways of reducing it while you're on medication because you have the reduced anxiety or reduced depression Whatever. I feel like it should should be increased something, but you don't increase depression. Whatever. Anyway, but by the time I got to the first um, session, I had I had already quit doing 
the the Xanax because yeah. it mm-hmm. was it was bad. It was bad. It was and, a bad time. And uh, but then now, like I've I've been doing it for what the EMDR the EMDR for like two and a half months now. Something two months, like that. Two months. It's been it's been several sessions. It's been several sessions. We've gone through I think about five different issues currently. And not to say that I've resolved those five different issues, but that we've tackled them at least once. Mm-hmm. Each one of them, we may need to double back and, and, and do them multiple times. Sure. Um, do you want to give a brief, like, layman's description of what, of what EMDR, EMDR is? is? So, it's, I don't remember what it, eye movement desensitization reprogramming is what it stands for. Basically, it utilizes the, there's like this hack. I don't know why this is a thing, but our brains have this thing where if we sense something on the left side and then on the right side and then on the left side again, and it, you know, goes like that alternatingly, it changes how we process the information. Okay. So EMDR, it started with... um, just moving the hand so your your eyes would just be you know looking over here at the you know they they put up a finger on this side put up a finger and that was how it started that was the very first EMDR and then they started doing lights so they put a light over here and a light over here now my my EMDR lady does uh vibration devices so Mm. I have these tiny little things that vibrate in my hand and it it goes off so she doesn't even have to put in anything yeah she well she does she does stuff but she can focus more on the therapy part of it well yeah and less on the mechanics of it right that's what i meant but yeah (laughs) i mean she was doing nothing (laughs) right well i have to clarify that because it, it is a very common thing and i questioned it too to wonder do you need the therapist to do this like can't i just do this to myself and you know, at first I was like, this sounds like something that I could do myself. I could just, you know, buy a thing to, to, to do that. The more I go through the sessions, the more I realize what she actually does. She's not there to provide, you know, just the stimulation on one side or the other alternating. She's there to listen to where my mind goes during those, those processes. Because that's what's happening. Is, is she'll tell me to focus on a thing mm-hmm. and focus on a feeling in my body that the emotions are creating and then see where it goes. And then I tell her what comes up and her job is to find out of that dirt that I give her the gem that we need to start following. So she's walking through a swamp so, too. Right. She's walk. She basically, that is what's happening. She's like holding my hand, walking through the swamp of my bullshit. Uh-huh. Helping me to find the exit. Nice. Or helping me to clean it up so that it's not a swamp anymore. I don't know. Whatever metaphor you want with it. Can I ask you a question or two? Yeah. yeah. Um, was it originally scary knowing that you were going to have to kind of dive into some of your trauma for this therapy? No. It wasn't. But it was scary to start over with a new therapist. Yeah, I can understand that. However, now, now that I've done some of these, it's actually scarier now because I know, I know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've, I've done it just enough to have a, a healthy respect 
for what we're basically doing to my brain behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but not enough to where it's old hat. Sure. So I'm, I'm kind of in the point where like now I'm like, I, I still go and I'm still excited to overcome these issues, but I'm still like, oh, this is going to hurt. Right. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask because uh, I was in a um, Twitch stream a week or so ago. And uh, one of the regulars in that Twitch stream was talking about how they were just about to leave for their first EMDR session and they, they were scared because um, I don't know if it, the way that they, it was described to them made it sound scary or they just were nervous about a new process or new therapist or whatever it was. Right. And I was able to in that moment be like, oh, well, I've heard of that and it has helped people that I know and care about. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, best of luck. And uh, the streamer was like, what is it? What is it? Tell me what it is. <laughs> and uh, that person did a looked it up on Wikipedia or something. And I was like, from what I understand, it's basically kind of deep diving into your traumas while using uh, sensations to kind of rewrite your brain to go away from trauma in the triggering moments. Yeah. And, you know, so you remember that game? I know, right? <laughs> No, that that game, Liner. That game. Oh. Uh, what was that game? Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they like deep dive into the the girl's psyche to come up with magic spells. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what the name of it was, but shout out if you if you know it. Um, <clears throat> if if you contact me and you. And, it's with a, the information it's I'll, a, I'll, I'll mention you on the next podcast or something just for some hints for people it's an anime jrpg that had um a little bit of an interesting fighting mechanic where there was like uh i think just one dude that did like regular fighting and then a girl behind him that had magic yeah and it was uh interesting yeah it was really fun and i need to get back into it to finished there was game there was a few very meme worthy moments that we laughed at endlessly i can't remember most of them but yeah, like some either. of the music was hilarious we started up with yucky yucky yum. yeah the yucky it yucky doesn't yum. actually say that but that's what it sounds like it's saying okay anyway. every time anyway so it's kind of like that when they don't when they dive into it when 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 i'm having it happen it feels like we're going into this world that exists inside of me where it's like it's like space. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's so hard to explain. It's like I'm in the middle of space. There are no stars, but like when I'm, when I'm following an emotion, images pop up mm -hmm. and then it turns into a memory or sometimes it stays hazy and like I see it from a distance, like it's on a TV screen. Mm -hmm. And it's because, and this, this one happened today. Or yesterday, where we're like, I, I see several TV screens because the feeling is linked with multiple memories. So I'm like outside of the memories, seeing, watching the the memories play out like like t like movies on a TV screen. And like sometimes, sometimes when I'm doing it really well, because the memories are not what we're going for. We're going for the feelings. Mm -hmm. But when I'm doing it right, not that there's a wrong way to do it, sure, but sure. you know what I mean. When when I'm really getting into it. When you're in the groove. The pictures stop, and I'm just kind of like, I just end up 
being kind of thrown around by my own psyche a little bit mm-hmm. to where like like there was one time where I felt like I was being suffocated and like pushed up against a wall and I'm like I'm in the middle of space there's no fucking wall to be pushed up against but inside of your mind anything happens so is it really inappropriate that what's in my mind right now is um hurt me harder psyche daddy <laughs> sorry it's terrible don't listen to me please continue so so like those are the kind of thing and i have a really active imagination Mm -hmm. so i imagine it's probably different for me than it is for people who have less of an active imagination Uh, but who knows but sure but who knows the whole point is to follow the feelings Mm -hmm. and in, in mostly inside of your body but like if 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 i have a feeling of being thrown up against a wall then that that relates yep and because it's not as heady as like remembering this event that happened that was traumatizing and trying to pick it apart for all that it's worth, we actually get somewhere, mm. which is weird to me because I always thought that um, picking apart those memories, I thought that that was what led to healing, but that's not what leads to healing. Mm. <clears throat> in fact, that can lead to being more preoccupied with staying in the feeling. That makes sense, I guess, yeah. And then you're not processing it because you're kind of holding on to it, wondering, have I squeezed it of all that it is worth? Right. When, in fact, what you really need to do to process the feelings is to feel the feelings and stop worrying about what happened, it, what what information you need to glean from it, what truths were apparent. And like none Whose of fault that, it was. Whose fault it was. Right. None of that stuff gets you past it. It's just feeling it. Yeah. And while we do have that ability to like re reanalyze memories to try to learn from our experiences. I don't know, man, some of my shit's like 20 years old. Some of it some of it's like 35 years old. It's it's outdated. I've learned whatever I can learn from it and I need to move on. Sure, that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh the only other thought I really had to add is that uh we once thought that space was the final frontier. I think that our next final frontier is going to be the psyche. I think that's the final, final frontier because I think the psyche opens it up to everything. I think it's enormously hubristic to think that we have any idea what no, no, the no. final, no, no, final no, no, is. No, no. I don't mean I don't mean in the sense of the human mind. I mean the mind in general. Okay, I stand by my statement. <laughs> I mean that I think that whatever, whatever infinite possibility exists out there the psyche is the gateway okay beyond what we understand and what we can experience here the last of what we before we evolve into something else can reasonably think uh, assume that we can attain is going to come from the psyche understood understood and i'm not trying to argue with you at all i promise i don't think that that's like all that's out there yeah i know but i think there's a limit to what human beings are capable of experiencing and learning and we will eventually just realize that there is a great deal of information that is beyond this that we will never know we have no way to know Mm -hmm. without help without something to help us bridge that gap and i don't know that anything's going to give us that help we'll see (laughs) necessarily well we may not be able to see but well we'll see that's true um, Should I talk about my, my happy thing? That's what I was going to go to next. I think it's a great place to go to <clears throat> for, the, for the duration. So yesterday I, I did an EMDR 
thing mm-hmm. and and I was really like squishy. I was a very squishy boy yesterday. Mm-hmm. But in my squishiness, my child asked for my help mm-hmm. with a situation that was very emotional for them, very personal, for very them. personal for them. So I'm not going to explain what the situation was, but I helped, and I know that that sounds like without the circumstances, it can seem like a, a simplistic thing. But like any parent out there, especially a parent of an adult child, knows that feeling either wants that feeling and has never experienced it because their kids are not letting them help or has had that moment where their kid comes to them and says, I'm struggling with something and I could use your help. And it'd be a difficult, complex, emotional thing. That moment alone, when they came to me and was like, I could really use your help. I'm having some trouble. Mm -hmm. That moment was kind of like, I I, I don't know. It it, kind of makes you feel a little bit like you're the kid finally getting picked first uh-huh. but like a very different situation because i'm not a kid i'm the adult uh-huh. so like you're it's it's almost like a reverse where like you're not a kid you're the adult it's the kid that's choosing you it's like the child choosing the teacher i don't know it's it's it was being chosen feels amazing i know and i've had that opportunity a few times before and i didn't i didn't feel like i did very well uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> i feel like i bumbled through those and we got to a place that was like, eh. It's eh, fine. It's like sometimes I feel like they maybe regretted asking me for help in the first place. Well, who knows? But I understand the feeling. But uh, yeah, they don't all they don't all end up in wins, and they're not gonna. That's not how life works. But yeah. when but when they do, well, and the crazy thing is, I didn't even actually solve the problem. Right. That's not what a win. I know. But that made it even better somehow because I, I, I didn't solve a, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain how amazing this is. My whole life, I have been trying to solve people's problems mm-hmm. because somewhere in my trauma, that seems to be the only way to, to, to do good. To make up for. Right. To make up for me. Right. Generally. So, like, getting into an experience where I have helped, but I didn't solve the problem, it's a new arena. It's a brand new arena. And it shows you value that you have that you maybe didn't see before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, you get it. I totally get it. It, it was it was a really amazing experience, and, and, and I'm really happy that I was able to experience it for the first time at 40. I don't know. <laughs> I think that you maybe experienced things along the same uh, maybe, but I think path, that I I think that I linked it to solving something probably. So yeah, it may it may be brand 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 new for you, um, and I'm very happy that you had the experience. It's a wonderful experience to have. I may not have been super, not that it matters, but I, I may not have been super receptive to that at the time. But I've been kind of yeah. I've been kind of off in my own little world for a while. Yeah, I mean, you were able to you know receive my words when i, I was heard all you. happy yeah. about it so like that's fine that's all i needed i was just kind of like riding the high yesterday i'm still kind of riding that high I, i'm so proud of you feeling. just for celebrating it to be honest like you know after you came and celebrated it with me immediately after the fact you went and celebrated it on a discord server that's also amazing i'm just you know and you're you wanted to bring it up here for the podcast i think I, that's awesome i've put a lot of work into communication like a lot mm-hmm. you've seen me put 
a good chunk of the work into communication. I put in work before you. Yeah. So, like, it's been a good chunk of my life. And this feels like I like how, how I would imagine going to the Olympics on an and winning, you know, the gold or maybe silver because I didn't solve the problem. But, like, winning top three of a competition that you have been training for decades mm-hmm. to compete in. Like, that's what it, it – I, like- I assume – because I don't know. I haven't been there. But I assume it's on that level. Like, that's how I feel. It felt like a culmination. Yes. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, this is what I've trained for. And, like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, okay, I've trained for this. What am I supposed to do? Okay, I do this. And then I do that. And, like, then I got to the end and they both thanked me. And then, like, it was, it was, it was, no, you helped. And I'm like, I didn't really solve your problem, but I hope that I helped to mm-hmm, figure, mm-hmm. you know, what needs to happen or, you know, helped you to right. whatever. It was just, yeah. It, it was, was real good. It was real good. Real good. I hope, I want everybody to feel this. I'm going to actually <laughs> go on that for just a second because I know already that there's a lot of people, especially of like our age range and slightly older, probably everybody, to be honest, that feels like they're not allowed to celebrate their wins that has celebrated a win in the past and been told not to that their parents told them don't tell your friends when you get a new video game because they're going to get jealous and want to play your video game that their parents said if you get a good grade in school don't tell your cousins because your cousins are going to be all pissed off because they didn't get a good grade you know there's all kinds of ways that we've been forced into competition and it is as adults made it to where we just passively suppress all of our victories and our wins. And I want to tell you, dear listener, celebrate your wins. Mm -hmm. And if someone is an asshole to you for celebrating your win and saying you're being insensitive or something like that, go ahead and listen to what they have to say, but don't squash your win. Right. Because whatever they have to say about it, Probably more about them than it is about you. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, you have this person in front of you and their energy is mingling with yours. And so it's, from my perspective, the passive person that I am is, from my perspective, it's it's good to, you know, understand and, and mold to that energy. But when you're alone again, celebrate your win. I should say, because, like, I've been working on that. And, and like, what helps me is to, to think about the concept of hear the person talking to you, but... Like my EMDR lady said, but but have like a hazmat suit on emotionally. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take their toxins onto yourself. Just because they believe that, you don't need to change their belief. You can just hear them out and, you know, just let them vent whatever. Because whatever they have, they're going to need to deal with and that's their problem, not yours. But you don't have to take that belief onto yourself. Right. Exactly. I think... I think that's probably a pretty decent place to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. It's been yeah. a pretty long episode. It's we haven't a... had a 50-minute episode oh, in quite wow. a while. Wow, really, really long episode. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you very much, listeners, for coming along with us. Uh, as we say in other times, there's ways to support us. Feel free to look it up. <laughs> um, but make sure you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones first. It's always important to take care of yourself before you try and take care of others. Especially during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm Eternally Mortal, and I hope you find smiles this day. I'm the Accidental Monster. You can find us both on Medium.com, and follow yourself, always.